Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of the Brass and Unity podcast. And this episode of the Brass and Unity podcast is brought to you by Combat Flip Flops. Bad for running and even worse for fighting, Combat Flip Flops are your ticket to an unarmed forces by providing you with military-inspired quality footwear for men and women. Be sure to enter the code UNITY at checkout to help support the podcast. And in support of women in the developing countries, head over to combatflipflops.com and become part of their unarmed forces today. And by Jackson Row, Vancouver Design Jackson Row clothing caters to a relaxed bohemian lifestyle. Large doses of love go into every piece, featuring comfortable favorites like sweaters, dresses, play suits, and even stuff for men and children. Made up of natural tones and a flowy West Coast vibe, Jackson Row uses only the highest quality materials to ensure you stay comfortable and looking great. Be sure to use the code UNITY at jacksonrow.ca and get yours today. And by Mala Candles, inspired by everyday surroundings, nature, travel, and a minimalist aesthetic, Mala Candles are made from hand-poured soy, lead-free cotton wicks, and essential oils. Mala also plants a tree for every single candle sold, while investing in as many sustainable materials as possible. And we around here at B&U, we use these in the office, at home, and they smell incredible. Be sure to use the code UNITY and grab yours today at malathebrand.ca. And by PAX, the best loose leaf and extract vaporizers on the planet. The small discreet size isn't much bigger than a lipstick, and I would know, combined with premium materials, app control, multiple heat settings, and much, much more, make the PAX experience the purest and simplest available. Get the iPhone of vaporizers today at PAX.com, that's P-A-X.com, and enter the code UNITY at checkout to help support our podcast. And by Heads Up Guides, Heads Up Guides is a resource providing men with information and practical tips on how to manage and prevent depression. This is a dedicated online tool devoted to helping men get the help that they need. Find someone to talk to and navigate difficult times. For more information, head over to headsupguys.org. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Brass and Unity podcast. I got the opportunity to sit down with somebody in the fashion industry this time, and I will tell you from learning this person's story and how they were able to grow and fight their way into this industry from running products to then starting their own products. Uh, we had Jen from the owner of Malvado's shoes on. She takes incredible products uh, like women's footwear, and she makes it accessible to everyone by keeping the price point really in a comfortable ballpark. I'm very proud of what she's been able to accomplish with her company and how she's able to help uh, spread her message of you know, strength, positivity, and really resiliency as a female entrepreneur in the fashion world. So I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. everyone. Welcome to the Brass and Unity podcast. I'm Kelsey, your host. And today I have a guest from the fashion industry, which needs not a lot of introduction. So I will introduce Jen from Malvado's The Shoe Company, which is kind of taking the world by storm in this inexpensive, high quality shoe wear that is, is just fantastic for literally from summer to winter with now the, sli- mm-hmm. the slipper collection, if yep. I'm not mistaken. And so everyone, please welcome Jen from Malvado's. Hi, Jen. Hi. Hi. Lucy. Thank you for having me. Of course. I uh, was super thrilled when you said yes, uh, of course, because we met very serendipitously, if that's a word, or seren- serendipidi, whatever you want to call right. it. We did. And it was, uh, it was in <clears throat> Chicago. 
Chicago. We were in Chicago. We were at a trade show and we did not know each other, but yet we were from the same city and got an opportunity to kind of chat and uh, made a connection and we're on the same flight home. Yeah. Bizarre, but it, amazing. It was. Yeah. It was yeah. very, I think it all worked out for the best. Yeah. I think yeah, so. That was crazy. So you got to tell me, uh, why shoes? Well, um, I, I don't really have a shoe passion, to be honest. So uh, the way that I got into shoes is I was in clothing at the beginning of my career, and then I was into swimwear. So um, through years of working for a, a big swim surf company, I decided <clears throat> swim was sort of my passion more so than clothing. And then I got into um, distributing some swimwear brands and naturally wanted to have a footwear to complement the swim. Naturally. So that is how it <clears throat> happened. Okay. So I need to know, I need to know how it went from wanting to work for more of a distribution level, mm -hmm. not so much yourself. What made you go, okay, I really want to take this as an entrepreneurial journey and turn into who you are now? How did that, how did that come about? Yeah, that's kind of interesting because I think what happened, I never had the vision of, of designing footwear or having my own brand, but um, when I was looking for a complimentary um, footwear brand for the other lines that I was carrying, I saw that there was there was something missing in the market. Like I couldn't quite find what I wanted to sell. Okay. And then I thought, okay, well... Why should I be looking? I'm going to start doing it myself. And that's okay. how it happened. So what was it that you were, at the time, you think you were looking for? That was so, like, you, you wanted so badly that you couldn't find it anywhere in the shoe market? Well, what I noticed is, um, because I was in swim and beachwear, a lot of the brands that, that, you know, people were wearing when they're on their vacation or buying with their swim was kind of surf brands. And okay. I felt like at that time, and again, this was like, six years ago, really seven years ago when I was dreaming this all up and surf was pretty big then it was like, you know, Billabong, Volcom, Hurley, all of those brands were really big. So everyone was, was buying that look and all those brands were marketing to that look. So they had, you know, surfers were their brand ambassadors or influencers. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what, like nobody's really doing, <coughs> nobody's really doing a, a fashion forward flip flop, like something that's like not it's really cute and pretty that you can wear it like, you know, from beach to street. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that was my initial thought. Nobody was doing that. And also I felt like nobody was marketing to really that, um, the demographic that, yeah, they might be into surf culture or lifestyle or going to the beach. But like really what I was noticing was people were traveling, like, you know. Traveling in the sense of traveling, help me here, traveling as a, like a type of surf community traveling or as in like fashion type of traveling or as in like comfort wear type of traveling? Like what, what is it that, <clears throat> because there's tons of flip-flops. Yeah. There's tons of flip-flops. There's, you know, everything from the slides to the thongs to the, what's that one they call with just the toe, that Greece, the Greek kind of style, the one I really like. That. Oh, um, well we call it a toe ring. Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. know what I'm talking about, but like mm -hmm. there are so many other styles. I mean, did you find that it was you needed to go more along the lines of a price point change rather than a style change? Because like I said, there was already all of this. Was it that they were too high in price and not made well enough? 
Yeah. Well, I felt like, and, and just to back it up, what I meant by travel was, I guess I'm thinking about my demographic in my head was like 16 to 25 initially. My, it's wider now. But initially I was thinking of that girl. Why was that the, the, the age group that you were focused on? I think it's because I knew it so well. Like okay. I, you know, I okay. came from working, I worked for Quicksilver and Roxy for a long time. And then the brands that I was, was currently working with were very junior brands. So, okay. so I, I knew that girl really well. I knew that demographic. And, um, and so I felt like she was, she was becoming a little bit more elevated in what she was wearing, you know, like maxi dresses were really big, you know, Uh, people were getting into wearing like just a little bit more fashion than surf, you know? Yeah. They, there, it wasn't so much of a beach look as a cover up, a cover up over a bathing suit. It was starting to become actual changing out of the bathing suit into a different attire rather than just the, I'm going to throw this on, throw on some cheap flip flops and go and do what I'm doing. And also things like, I get that. Yeah. You know, like, um, pool parties were becoming really big, right? Mm-hmm. So clubs were having pool parties. So it was becoming more of like, you know, you were wearing, you were kind of wearing your, your maybe your bathing suit with a, a sarong or, or a skirt, but you, you wanted to have flip-flops or poolside, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, footwear. So I was thinking that, but then also <clears throat> I, I feel like, and it's it, before COVID hit, it was, it was really still trending is that really young people were, they're more about experience right now, right? They were mm-hmm. like, they were working to, to go away for a week or a month or to go to the festival for, you know, a weekend or a week. And so they were festivals. Yeah. And then that the whole festival thing was the, yeah. the other part of it. It's like, so if you've got that girl that's 16 to 25 and she's only got a certain amount of budget cause she's saving her money to go to the festival. Yeah. She, you want to give her something that she's that's not going to be expensive. It's going to be good quality, and she can wear it everywhere and look good in it. Mm-hmm. That was the whole, you know, idea. Well, with festivals, touch on that for a second. Because when I met you, right, not long after, I was like, "What are you up to? Like, what's what's your life like? Where where are you going? You know, you know I'm, I hear going to Burning Man. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> tell me, can tell me about Burning Man." Because I saw your photos. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, it is. It's definitely the best place on earth. I'm just going to say that. And how 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 much did you partake in Burning Man? Well, like, okay, you, if you're there, you have to partake, and it. I guess it. I guess it depends on like how you partake, right? There's so Fair many enough. levels uh-huh. of partaking for sure. There's definitely. I mean, people go with their kids, right? Like families go. That's just crazy to me. I can't picture. Like, I. I can't. The. The the sheer questions I would have to answer to my son's teacher. Yeah. After taking him to a burning man. Burning Man Festival would be grounds for what I would consider having the police knock at my door. Excuse me, ma'am. I I heard you were dropping acid with your four-year-old. Can we have a conversation about why you felt that was an acceptable behavior? Yes, but it's Burning Man and it's culture. No, no, I can't do that. I can't. But you went, you went on, did you go with friends or on your own or was it like a self exploratory thing you were going with or what was this? Yeah. The first time I went, I went by myself. And wow, that's ballsy. Yeah, it was like the best experience of my life for okay. sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What made you want to 
what what was like where was that like I'm gonna do Burning Man maybe Coachella but like the drug fueled you know intensity that Burning Man is that Mad Max vibe that you get like what made you pick that one over others I'd been following Burning Man for a really long time um, a lot of my friends had started going and so they would come back um, with like incredible stories and incredible photos and just like you know just rejuvenated and so I I'd been wanting to go for a long time probably eight years but during those years I was having kids and <laughs> I was just making humans in my body no big deal no small feet making hands. You can't just take off to the desert for seven days with no cell phone service when you have little kids, right? I don't know that most can do that even without little kids. My God. My gosh. Okay, I get it. I get it. So, you know, it was busy and then um, then I went through a separation of my marriage um, and that was the catalyst. It was like, okay, this is the perfect time. You're, You're starting a new life. You've always wanted to do this and you can, so go. And I went. Wow. Okay. I got to, you know, that that in itself to go to Burning Man, but then to also go on your own is like, I mean, some people, <clears throat> some people are terrified of that type of experience. Maybe it's the lack of control or mm-hmm. the... That that perceived idea that you have to participate in on the hardest level possible, but really it could be a spiritual journey. It could be a finding of yourself. It, it's it's more of yeah. a a representation as an as a whole as an event. In my opinion, as far as much of it as I know, I've never participated. Although mm. I do think I would really enjoy it. You would love it. <clears throat> Just yeah. the idea that I get to dress that way and yeah. it's not a psychopath or on a set of a movie, like. <laughs> I want to do this one. I'm not good enough like Josh, but I can't do this one because I really don't want to start having psychopathic tendencies. Like that's a problem and we don't need to go down that road. So, you know, some people are born into it to get that opportunity to go hang out on sets and look cool. And some (laughs) physically have to either go to Burning Man or just be crazy and willing to walk around downtown Mm. Vancouver dressed like you're out of Mad Max. But, uh, you know, all I'm saying is I would still like to do it well, anyway. you have to. You you like uh, you really. I don't think your life is complete until you've done it. And what is it though? What is it? What, what's okay. that appeal? What makes you feel that way? Like your your life isn't complete. Well, what is that? Because it's 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 there is nothing that will ever be the same as Burning Man. It's so incredible what they've created. It can't be. It can never be recreated. And what it is is it's this. Um, you know, it's, I don't want to be cliche at all, but no, it's, no, no, it's, it's, it's true. It's like this incredible community. It gave me a new, a renewed hope in humanity. Really? Yeah. And what? Because kindness, kindness, because, um, acceptance. Like acceptance is the number one thing. Is mm-hmm. that like everybody is accepted there, and okay. so that's the most beautiful thing. That there is no you. You can wear anything, do anything, um, and there's no judgment whatsoever. Okay. None. And does that hold true when you're there? Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. It's one thing to talk about it, kind of like how the yeah. Fry Festival I agree. was discussed on yeah. repeat and then just never happened. And you, so you hope, you hope for those things. You hope that those festivals are uh, what you, they're described as, but yeah. you, know, you, you don't, you don't know. Yeah. And, and Unless there's, you go. there's so many misconceptions about Burning Man um, because people think, a lot of people think it's a music festival, which it's not, but they think it's a drug. <laughs> they do think it's like a, a drug, a drugged yeah. fueled orgy. Yeah, that's that's like the conception that everybody has when they first look at photos. But to be honest, like, sure, you can do that. You can do whatever you want. But that's it. That's up to you. And that's your discretion. Yeah. But but really, like, it's it's um, 
it's a gathering of people to create like you know really the most amazing community possible and there's so much giving and then there's like TED talks and there's that's crazy you know, there's yeah it's amazing there's you know Cirque du Soleil performances and there's um, all kinds of seminars anything you want to learn how to do there there is literally a, a book like a telephone book of all the activities going on like a hundred an hour <laughs> how do you how are you supposed to experience I guess you just have to go year after year yeah. after year because you can't you cannot even can't fit ex- it in not even a twentieth could you fit in so it's crazy that obviously didn't happen this year because no. of COVID yeah and w- so when when does that normally happen every year if it were not COVID uh, so it's end of August beginning of September okay mm-hmm. did you find that where you were gonna go this year if you yeah. I mean pre disaster mm-hmm. yeah I was gonna go ah uh, did yeah. you did you buy tickets. I hadn't bought my tickets yet. Okay, no. so you didn't have to deal any of the referral, no. I mean, the refund issues no. that everybody's having with everything yeah. right now, yeah. trying to deal. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. not bad then. Yeah, but you should come with me next year. I'll come with you. Yeah. <laughs> You'd love it. I uh, <laughs> Here's what I'm deathly afraid of, and I'll be completely honest. I might, what if I go and I'm like, this is who I am now? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't stay. For no one thing because <clears throat> it's gone, so you, you have to leave. No, I get okay. No, I get that. No, I get. I have to leave that vicinity and location, physical yeah. location. But what if I? This is who I am now, and I come back, but I don't really come back. <laughs> I don't actually come back. What if I am now? I walk around barefoot, and I wear insane makeup <laughs> that looks like I'm at the festival. What if I just dress? Okay. What if I just dressed? Like I was at the festival, acted like I was at the festival, but I'm physically here. But you're here, yeah. That that might be a problem. I don't know. But would it though? Because here's why: is it's we're all if if you can have that type of love and inclusivity at that event, mm-hmm. why can't we just have it everywhere? Well, that's that's such a good question. Like that's I don't know, I don't know. But you know what? Aren't I'm, you supposed to know all the answers? <laughs> no. Okay. Absolutely not. Well, I was briefed on. This all-knowing Jen. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, you're only all-knowing in, in, in our industry, in the fashion industry, when it comes to footwear, because, you, like, you know, in all, in all seriousness, you, you have a very powerful brand. You have a very, um, you have a very well-fitting shoe. You have a quality product, and I think that is what stands out to most to me is for the, for the price point that you have it at in the industry. So just so people are aware... The, the, the materials that are used, the quality of the product itself could be much higher. You, the margins you could be, you know, you could be working on are mm. much, much higher. And I think, I think that's a testament to who you are in that sense that it's, it's better for everybody to be able to afford your product mm-hmm. and then only the select few. There's something that feels inclusive about that. Mm-hmm. There's something that feels... It feels right in the sense of just community and, and where we want our society to go and who we want our, you know, our children to be like. We, it, it, mm-hmm. it, it has that overhang of we're about being accessible. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I love you and I love your brand. It, it, it fits well with what I think we need to strive to do more of in the industry. And that is not, not you don't have to charge a premium for something that you know is being made for much less. It's just, it's messy and I think it's greedy, but I'm, you know, who am I to say what's right? Yeah. Right? You're right though. You are right. Absolutely. That I wanted to create something that was accessible and affordable and 
Um, and I wanted to be really proud of the quality. And yeah. Oh, and you should be. Thank you. You should. Because I think, I think that pair of shoes that I got, I, I wore, I told you, even before I met you, I bought those at JJ Whiskey oh, yeah, right. in Ocean Park. That's right. And, yeah, and I got them from Brittany. And I never, I didn't know about the shoe brand. Wore them, and I wore them for a few years. And I and I, when I say I wore them, I mean I wear things. Shoes are my thing. I wear them out, and I wear a pair to death. And then you saw a picture, and you're like, get some new slides. Yeah. <laughs> they're embarrassing. You're embarrassing yourself for wearing those, embarrassing me for letting you wear those. So, uh, yeah, you, you should be proud of that. Thank you. Do you think the quality for you is where you want it to be? Or do you do you see yourself wanting to have a you know a higher a higher quality line mm-hmm. or, or you know what's what what do you see for Movados in in that growth space? I definitely would I would love to do a different level um, only because you know there's so many like amazing fabrications and and you know I feel like comfort is so important right now and mm-hmm. and I've tried to make my new product as comfortable as possible and adding new fabrications and but when you re, when you want to get to that next level of like and I'm talking comfort and fabrications obviously the price one's going to go up and I'm so tempted to to do you know to, to offer that as well mm-hmm. do you think that there is a there is room in the industry for another price point in that space like what price point mm-hmm. if you could pick a ballpark of where you would want your shoe to sit where you would want your long term in a perfect world shoe to sit Mm-hmm. Where would that price point be for you, hypothetically? You know, we're not going to hold you to it. Yeah, I'm going to hold I you think, to it. I'm I think it would you. be like, um, you know, kind of in the Olakai price point. And Olakai is um, a well-known. It's inspired by Hawaii, but it's a it's a sandal brand. But they're they're leather. They're a lot of handcrafted. They're beautiful, like they're artisan almost. You know, mm-hmm, they're really mm-hmm. beautiful. They're around 150 dollars a pair, um, but they're good value for that. But and, and do you where are those made? They're made in the, I don't know if it's the U.S. or China. I'm not sure. I was going to say the U.S., but I think maybe it's offshore. Maybe it's offshore. Mm-hmm. That's, um, don't, I wouldn't cringe when you say that word. Mm-hmm. People, let's, I want to, maybe let's, maybe that's something uh, to segue into here. Um, people think China is a dirty word when it comes to products, and I think there's a misconception because we've had this uh, force-fed idea of who, you know they you know take all our jobs blah 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 mm-hmm. but i think there's a i think there's a, a place for everybody in this world and i think that there's a place for everybody in the sense that um if they can do the job they're willing to do the job mm-hmm. why not give them the job mm-hmm. you're not always going to find people that want to do everything and and i know i come from a immigrant family um and i'm very proud of that i I think there isn't many people. There aren't many people right now in this world that aren't immigrants of some level. So I think people need to, you know, that's a that's a whole thing on its own. But you know, I came from a, I came from a line of family that is uh, very hardworking in the sense. Came over, no English, no money, run out of the country by the Soviet Union after World War II, and became worked in the shoe factory and worked in the mm. shoe factory in Padua Shoe Factory for his entire life. Mm-hmm. And but but was willing to work. And willing to work hard. And so yeah. the jobs were given to him. And so, you know, that that's a testament and goes to show, like, we we should be inclusive to all if people are willing to do the job. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I have no shame in saying uh, 50, at least 50%, probably a 50% right now of our products are made offshore. Mm-hmm. And um, they're great. Yeah. I, we, you and I both actually have factories in the same areas. Yeah. 
I yeah. know we need to do a trip together. We should do a trip together because yeah. when I've, we can, when I we can go back. I know I, I'd like to go back. Uh, I would like to go back some places. Mm. Let's not all places in China <laughs> are places I want to go. I I've had some factories. I don't have to go to anymore. Thank God. Um, and then some, and and not in thank God in the sense like they're like this horrific place, but in the sense that they take like mm. hours on buses and trains and yes. might as well have a pilot in there somewhere. Like it's, <laughs> it takes forever to get anywhere there. So China in the sense of if you can find people who want to work, they'll work. Mm-hmm. Like my packaging factory, the owner, he's 37. Okay. Mm-hmm. This guy had like 500 RMB in his pocket and created what is now this $100 million a year packaging company. And he works and works with Louis Vuitton and Prada mm-hmm. on their boxes. And it's like, you can, if you're willing to find the work, you'll find, you know, if you're willing to find the work, it'll be there. But the people aren't willing to always work for yeah. the same type of money in the same type of situation. You know, some people are okay doing hard labor. Some people are okay doing computer work. In in each country, there's a difference between the pays and there's a difference between the lifestyles. Mm-hmm. And so I think people have this perception of China that it's this dirtier way of manufacturing. And I, and I, I, I disagree. I think mm-hmm. there's dirty way of manufacturing everywhere. I totally agree with you. I mean, I have always... Um, had a great relationship with our partners there, and like, and I do call them partners, right? Because well, because you know, without them, what are you doing? Exactly. Um, so I, I really have had great experiences working there with those people and the product. They, you know, you can't, you can't beat in my world with mm-hmm. footwear. And I did go and look in other countries. I went to other factories. I did a lot of searching before starting Malvados and picking who we worked with. You can't beat. You can't beat it. No. The, and the quality of the shoe that you have and the longevity of it shows mm-hmm. when it, it lasts, simple yeah. as that. And you can kind of, like, I'm a little bit, I'm rough on my shoes. Mm-hmm. So, like, if it lasts, it, it's been lasting. Um, yeah. <clears throat> when, you, when you decided that this was something that you were going to kind of get yourself into, how did you end up finding those factories? Because I know, like, many of the people listening that are entrepreneurs or are looking to source, yeah. that's all. That's a whole animal of its own. Trying to find a factory is like a needle in a haystack in the, in the sense of finding... You can find factories, yeah. but you can, you're can you not always going to find the yep. clean, safe, will produce, not steal money. Will, you know, you're yeah. not always going to find that. And that, a lot of times, can sink businesses because they take... Oper- you know, they try... Yeah. And then they get taken advantage of, and then that's that's all they can do. They have no more money to give. They have nothing else yep. to go. So how was that for you? Yeah, you're so right. And I think that is the hurdle. Like that's the stumbling block that so many companies have is mm-hmm. that they, um, they, they understand that, that they could have something manufactured overseas, but the idea of figuring out how to do it, how to who to go to, and do you need a translator? And there's so many, you know, unknowns. But the way that um, I did it was I spoke to a lot of people I knew in the industry. So I spoke to large retailers here in Canada that were doing private label in China. Okay. And I, um, you know, Vancouver is such a, a hotbed for fashion brands. And I have friends who own other footwear companies here and other clothing companies. And they were willing to share that information with yes, you. Yes, they were willing to share. And that's, you know, I'm lucky. because That's, uh, yeah. that's another thing in our industry. Yeah. So really lucky that they um, they gave me names. And um, then I went and got a few other names. I went, I saw 20 factories on my first trip. Wow. And you um, went by yourself? 
Uh, no, I went with my business partner at the time. Okay. And so we went to Vietnam and we went to China. Um, China was far superior and, and we ended up working with a company there, a factory, and we're still with them. Yeah. And so you, you've been fortunate enough to find one factory and, and how long has Mm -hmm. Movado's been in business? So we've, um, we've been in business for five years. We've done four seasons, like four years of actual on the retail floor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you obviously found that. You having that, uh, you having that previous experience in the industry really was the the catalyst and the jumping off point to Malvados. Yeah. Do you think that if you didn't work in that industry, you would have been able to do what you've done now? No, absolutely not. <clears throat> so you recommend going into that industry? Yeah. I mean, I you know I tell this is advice that I give to like we have interns that come and work for us that come from Quantlin. Um, yeah. Their fashion program and that, thing, mer- that merchandising marketing the marketing, marketing program, program. Yeah. yeah yeah we've had some here yeah yeah and um you know they they're, they have i love their energy and i love their ambition and they've like got you know they've got these big stars in their eyes like they're gonna they're not like tarnished yet <laughs> yeah they they think they're just gonna you know go and and start a brand but there's so much you know it's gonna take off and it's gonna be this like overnight success kind of thing well there's just so many layers and so many things you need to learn and that's the advice I give to anyone in any industry like if you want to you know be a successful real estate agent go work for the best agent Mm -hmm. you know learn like spend those early years getting paid to learn your craft or whatever it is that you're doing right yeah, and I think that's a, another thing is people want to rush. They want it now, and I'm mm-hmm. one of them, and I'm impatient, mm-hmm. and I'm aware of it. It's a thing I'm working <laughs> on. Uh, as you can see, I'm not working very <laughs> I'm not working very hard on it, uh, but I, I will start trying because I think that's a downfall to a lot of people's, uh, you know, well, really more of their what I would call, uh, hmm, how do I explain it here? More of their process, like it's. I think it's a detriment to the process because they're rushing. They mm-hmm. want it now. I want. I want yeah. instant gratification. I want it that's, now. I want. We the, live in that. Like, yeah, that's our whole world right now. I'm so guilty of you it. Know? I'm like so guilty of it, and I hate that. I hate mm. it so much because I think if I just could get my shit together and understand <laughs> that, like for three seconds, stuff takes time, yeah. and that and that's okay. It's not always meant to happen right when you want it to happen, and mm-hmm. there's generally a reason behind that for. For whatever it is, it, you know, it always yeah. seems to rear its head at some point. So you you hope at that time that you you know you can calm it down and be patient with it and and take and take the knocks and take the hits and take the learning lessons because I think when you I think when you go I say I think a lot I I, <laughs> I just realized that I don't know another way to say it You're a I thinker Kelsey. I'm not a thinker I think I just see it's just like naturally comes up because I don't know how to express my opinion without saying I think my, okay I I view things outside of the fashion industry a little bit more um, it's harder for me to I, I feel like I look more inward on it rather than yeah. in it. And I'm starting to understand what that means to kind of take that first footstep into the fashion industry wholeheart, like as a brand and mm. really as a, as, a, as a sustainable brand, as a brand that helps, as a brand that's trying to be a leader in that industry for what I believe products should be known for and how they should be used and yeah. I feel that's what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. whether or not that's resonating 
up here, <laughs> that's my mission. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's what I'm trying to do. And so do you feel that Malvados at any point would, would have a charitable side? Yes. Um, and, you know, I was I was thinking about the char- charitable side, the give back right at the beginning and trying to figure out what, you know, what can we do? What can we do? So um, we did different things. Like we, you know, I, I didn't feel like there was one specific um, cause that, that I should work with because I just, I didn't feel right doing that. So we, we started working with Souls for Souls, which is a great, um, it's an organization that takes footwear from brands, new footwear. Um, and then they also, I believe, collect used footwear too in different areas. But the new footwear goes to these countries where they either give them to the, to the communities or they give them to women in the communities to sell. So they're, you know, they're, they're allowing, um, that woman to take the product and go to the flea market and learn how to sell a product. So it's giving them a little bit of a business incentive. They're profiting from the sale because they're getting the product for free. And, um, and it's fostering that, you know, that work ethic. You know, with starting the brand, obviously I worked for some pretty amazing brands like Roxy had this fantastic marketing um, program and I learned a lot about branding and and you know telling a story. Okay, um, Mahi was another amazing brand from Colombia that I worked for that was like they were so good at that. So I thought, okay, I've got to, you know what? Who is this girl? And we talked about she travels, she goes to music festivals, she loves traveling, she loves festivals, and she's fashionable. So those are the three pillars of the brand: music, travel, and fashion. Okay, and so the fashion obviously is in the in the style. Um, the travel is we, our brand ambassadors are travel, they're travel bloggers uh, mostly, or they're DJs or musicians. How, okay, so but how, how, are you, how are you getting all of these ambassadors? Uh, we worked with an amazing company in LA right off the bat. Okay, so you went through somebody for yeah. that. So you, okay. Yep. And they were seeding product. So we, we explained who we were and the kind of person we wanted wearing our product, and then they would seed it to those those proper, you know, travel, you know, bloggers or, um, like I said, music people like DJs Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. musicians. Um, and we, those are the people that we use in our campaigns too. (laughs) Yeah. I see that. They're all really friggin' beautiful. Yeah. But they're, and, but they're not, they're not models. They're no, they're just like the the photos are very well done. The, the people look genuinely happy and it's because they're, that's their job, but their job is to to work in beautiful environments. Mm-hmm. So how can you not be happy? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's ways yeah. you could not be happy, but I'm saying, how could you not not be happy? Yeah, so anyway, that's that's those are, the, are sort of the pillars, and then, you know, we really want to stay authentic to that. So, yeah, um, yeah the Cocktails and Rockstars, I just thought, you know what, let's have fun. Like, don't you look at names sometimes on, on like, whatever it is for a brand, and you're like, how the heck did they come up with that name? Uh, all the time. You know? That's really hard to do. I find that yeah, naming is, is naming is like one of the things I hate doing the most. Yeah. Um, and so I just try not to. And I, <laughs> I try to try to talk to people around me because I feel like every time I do, every time I do one, it, it never turns out in my head as cool as I hoped it would in person. <laughs> and I think it's embarrassing for myself. And so I just don't. I just if I know my weaknesses and, and I just stick with them. And let the others do the things that they're they're better at. And yeah. that's just but I, that's still fun though. I think that I like how you kept the fun in it. I like that yeah. you kept it um not you know, you could have done well this is the this is the thong yeah. sandal in red. Yeah, I mean 
We, I definitely wanted to have fun with it. I love music. Music has always been such a huge part of my life. And so we, we would like, you know, we'll come up with a theme for the season. Then we'll, we'll do the styles and we'll think like, who would wear this? Like, you know, would Taylor Swift wear this or, you know, would Iggy Azalea wear this? And so that's where the names come from or, Mm -hmm. or we'll be out at a trade show, you know, we'll be in Chicago or New York and we'll be drinking amazing cocktails. Ah. And so then this is so good. And it's just named some ridiculous out there, but it catches attention and it catches attention in the retailer Mm. and it catches attention in the buyer and it catches attention in the distributor and it it works. Yeah. It works for social. You can play off of it. I get it. Who doesn't like cocktails and rock stars? Alcoholics (laughs) and um, violinists. There's your answer. Well, do I have an answer to everything? Whether or not it's good, it's still an answer. But I would argue... I would argue, though, that you, you have one of the, the top the top products in your price range on the market, and um, by far the by far the most long lasting. And I pride myself on the one thing I love. I love shoes. Oh, shoes! <laughs> I don't do bags. I don't do tiny little clutches. I'm not. I'm recently becoming a hat person. Um, yeah, looks good on you. Thanks. Here's the thing, though. Hats are giant, and I'm trying to pull it off, but apparently the only way I can wear these hats is when my hair is down because I look <laughs> like my head's floating if I don't. But I, I'm obsessed with that, so I, I try to keep I love that hat. The, the obsessions of things down to a minimum, but the one thing I can't seem to get grips on is my shoe collection. I'm obsessed <laughs> with shoes, and I beat the hell out of them, even when I know they're worth way too much money to be doing that to. And the number one thing I love about the product is I don't feel like I can't go do mm. whatever I want to do on a vacation. No. I, I'm not worried about the shoe. I'm not worried because I know it won't break down, but I'm also not worried in the sense that I just spent $1,500, which is a small rent yeah. payment for most people, yeah. and and destroy a shoe. I, you, know, you can't do what you want to do. You can't be yourself. You yeah, can't have so fun true. and play. You can't. Yeah. You want to be able to do that. Yeah. And I, that's, I love that so much. That's That's so great. Um, can you tell me where the music, what, what, you know, you said music's a big part of your life Mm. and you said music was always been a big part of your life. Mm. So what, what do you find music has done for you? I don't know. I've just, I've always loved music. You know, I just, um, so, you know, I remember growing up with music videos and like, I just would make like mixtapes of music videos. Hold on. I know. I'm no. I'm totally dating myself right now. You made a mixtape? Well, you know, like the, v- the VHS tapes. You? Yeah. Like, I would, like, Jen actually, has a tape. There's a tape out there on this oh, earth. I would, I would make mixed videotapes all the time for my friends in high school. But, again, I'm dating myself here big time. I don't care. Please um, keep going. <laughs> but, no, I, I just have always loved music, I guess. And um, you know how you have, like, um, different experiences in your life and you for me I, I always think of a song or songs that went with whatever that was instead of images or mm-hmm. pictures and so it's been important to me and I, I definitely was that girl in university that just like worked so I could go to the next show oh, okay you know that was my thing was just going to live shows and what mu- what type of music were you into at the time like everything just everything. all of it yeah but not country I've never really been a big country country fan but you know um country but yeah I remember the whole grunge scene like you know when oh. I was like really getting into going to live shows and you were into it yeah like the early days of Nirvana and Pearl Jam and like oh my god but that kind of stuff but everything really did you have you seen 
Did you see like Nirvana? Yeah, live. Mm-hmm. Kurt Cobain. Yep. Such yeah. A, God. Yeah, pretty crazy. Like all of them? You've seen all of those live with the actual? I hate you right now. Well, I've seen. I I don't know if I saw all those. You know, definitely not all those grunge bands. But but Pearl Jam was like I love. I still love. Pearl well, Jam. everybody loves Pearl Jam. Yeah. If you don't, you're not. A, you don't like music. Yeah, your ears. Amazing. Yeah, your ears are broken. <laughs> but that's because they're a classic. Yeah, they're uh they're they're Pearl Jam. Yeah, it's kind of like the hip, mm-hmm. the tragically hip. It's yeah, the hip. There, yeah. There's never gonna be yeah. the hip again. Totally, you too. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's, there's no see. Eh. What? You Wrong. Don't like you too. No. Really? Don't. Don't you bring that madness okay. in here? Okay. I don't know what it is. Really? It's I don't know if it's the the glasses or the hair. The way oh, it's, it's Bono? Like, you just don't like I, him? I, no, I just, it's not just Bono, but he represents to me U2. He is U2 to yeah. me. And I'm sorry to the rest of the band members, not that they're ever going to hear this, but the, the fact is, it's the way he just carries himself. <laughs> and I can't because it's so, no. And then he sits in his interviews and just take your glasses off. Like, you I don't. Why is your hair like that all the time? And then it's his tone. I just, I'm not fans. I heard of, he's a nice guy. I heard he's he probably great, but th- that's great. I'm probably a really nice person too sometimes, but that doesn't mean you have to like my podcast or my music. True. I, but true. He's a great no musician. Judgment. No, but you know what I wasn't a fan of? And I think this is part, you know, partial judgment and I'm mm-hmm. biased is do you remember, do you remember when they did. The iPhone came out, mm-hmm. and they preloaded. Was that U2's album? They preloaded onto all the phones. I don't remember that, guys. It was the U2 album. Thank you, Coleman. It wow. was the U2 album. That's a good. That's good marketing. Right no, that's there. not. Here's the thing. <laughs> that's not fair. Don't push <laughs> your music on me. And then I couldn't I don't figure. Remember it. that? Like that's pretty insane that they were able to do that. Well, I think it's because he's tight with Tim Cook, or wow. is it Tim Cook? Guys, you got to really. Was it Steve? See, this is. Mm. You would think they'd pay more attention to make me less laggy and look yeah. like I know. That was I, I, fast. I'm trying to pretend I know what I'm talking about that here. That was fast. And I need to get my facts right. <laughs> and I can't get my facts right. Yeah, I need signs and cue cards, Josh. You heard me. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Steve Jobs at the time. What I find crazy about that is that they just. I just don't like being told. His, yeah, like you it's, know, it's not. It's, it's there's no choice stupid. at all in that. I get it. You no, know, totally it's it's it. a stupid complaint. It's a first world yeah. problem. Okay, I'm, what's your what was your favorite band like? Kind of from that your growing up era. Oh God, what age group are we talking about? Growing oh, wait, up, let's era? say like eighteen. Oh my God. Um, I was going through a weird stage, man. I was going through a stage in my life. I don't want to talk about it. Mm. I was listening. <laughs> all right. No, no. I okay. So I went through this like. Uh, I used to be a, an athlete, a very competitive athlete, and that's what I did. And I was hard into rap. Oh, that's cool. Um, I Is don't it know. Not cool. Well, <laughs> here, here, okay. I was in grade eight. Let me yeah. let me lay this out for you and let you understand the severity of this trauma that sits with me and the level of my. Just lack of give a shit factor what I looked like and really wishing that there weren't cameras around. So I used to wear tearaway pants. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Adidas tearaway yeah. pants. Hmm. Taekwondo t-shirt yeah. from tournament all the time. Yeah. I had a whole closet full. Black to white to You're gray consistent. to black. 
I had a range. You had your own of, fashion thing going. I, what? Wait, it gets worse. Are you ready? <laughs> this is the icing on the cake. So glad Coleman doesn't have photos of this put up on the TV. Um, I cut my hair off because mm-hmm. it was easier to maintain during Taekwondo. So I didn't, and, and so because I had really long hair, so I cut it off. I didn't cut it off. I cut it to that short. Wow. So everyone's seeing in the wow. room. All right. That's a commitment. It was a commitment and a half. Uh, I don't know why mom let me do that. <laughs> and um, then I kept the bangs this long. Wow. Okay. That's a statement. Swept it to the <laughs> side, dyed it bleach blonde, and burgundy in the front. Wow. Amazing. I'm proud of my style. That's original. Here, it got worse. During that fashion crisis of my life uh, and fighting tournament time, I, this is, the, the, you remember the disc man, the, the, the CD disc yep. man? Mm-hmm. Um, I would listen to, on repeat, Eminem's 8 Mile album. Oh, yeah, that's a good album. To a point where it became, like, troublesome. And then uh, somebody called me a boy once. So I was like, I guess I should grow my hair out, which was silly. So I, I started to. But then it got into that awkward stage where I just couldn't go out in public because I did look horrendous. <laughs> um, so I started wearing, wait, <laughs> a bandana on my head. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I used to wear it around the forehead tight and pull it down so you couldn't see the hair grow. Okay. So I need to see a, I need a photo of this. I was also four foot six at the time. And during, here's some cultural appropriation shit for you. Um, during the time when I was fighting, it was much easier to have my hair in cornrows. Yep. Under my helmet. I'm waiting for like a dirty look and I'm just not getting one. And so I'm, I'm happy about it. And so my mom took me to Toronto before the tournament where we were going to fly out. Okay. And she took me into a salon and they did my hair. And I was, I think I was the only white girl in there. And they were the best hairdressers of all time. And I remember them going, mm, girl. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, what? Like, I didn't think anything of it. A couple of my cousins are, are black and they cornrow, they do my hair. When they come over, I'm, I put my cornrows in my hair. Let me run this shit. Because in my mind... I'm Eminem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I am as you badass as him, and I am that white kid yeah. that's just trying to be cool. And Eminem was just I, I, so I went through super hard Eminem phase. Wow. But I'm still in that. I'm I'm that? still in that phase with him. Um, he's a classic. Like he's, he's not a classic. classic he's a god. Yeah, Let's leave that legend. there. He Let's leave legend. him there. Mm-hmm. And then I went into my teenage years. This got weird. I started listening to only screamo music. Yeah. What music? Yeah, you heard me. Screamo music. So okay. like August Burns Red to um, My Chemical Romance okay. to Senses Fail into all of this really crazy dark stuff and started wearing, t- took that bandana, recycled that bitch put her around my neck, took my bangs and <laughs> swept them to the side. This was before Bieber was cool. So um, I would like to say that emo thing was happening. I was into this emo phase now. Yeah. Yeah. So I went real hard on that. Committed. Committed. Um, so you're like me, though. You've got all these, you've got the musical 
you know, background mm-hmm. to your life story. Oh my God. Like, I have like a, a soundtrack to yeah. every disaster in my life totally. and more. Yeah. So we did that hard. I went that hard, like dyed the hair black, mm-hmm. cut it short. Yeah. Started wearing uh, baggy jeans. I, I, I went from a Catholic high school to a public high school. And I went from being that weird, like, fit-in emo girl yeah. here to being the only emo girl in the farmer class. <laughs> so I feel like they don't, kids, like, you know, when I think about, like, the teenagers now and their fashion, like, I feel like they don't have those embarrassing, you know... Blue eyeshadow or white eyeshadow? Genres that we did. Like, they don't have, like, I feel like they're, they're kind of normal all the time. Like, they look good. Whereas you think have, kids nowadays are normal? Well, their clothing, like they don't go through those oh, crazy yes. extremes that we did. I don't think they know? get a chance to because I think there's that underlying fear of social media mm-hmm. getting yeah. a hold of it and them having that for the rest of their lives. Yeah, as for this. Sure. That's terrifying yeah. though because mm-hmm. you can, the, the real effects, like that has a real effect. Like we joke around about these photos and we, yeah, 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 I get all that. But, yeah. but nowadays... If you take those photos and those are out there and those are attached to your name, you're going to get bullied for one reason or another. And it and it could be because you're just so individual mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. You're so different. You're so you, your fashion is out there, but that there's nothing wrong with that. But nowadays, there's always someone to critique something yeah. about someone on anything. You could oh, be perfect. I know. It's terrible. And like, you know, that's why anxiety rates are so high with, you know, Everyone, really, but the younger generation, it's its awful. It's tragic. Well, there's that... I don't know if you had seen, there was that um, documentary on uh, Netflix. Yeah. The Social Dilemma. I'm watching it right now. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. Where are you at in it? I'm just on the first episode. Oh, the episode. It's a, No, yeah. The Social Dilemma is a... Uh, it's a, it's oh. a documentary. It's a full... I that was the one I was watching. Uh, no, it's an hour and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and, it, and what it does is it talks to the... The the people who created and worked at Facebook. I am watching it. I thought it was episodes, so I'm, no, I'm no, probably no like an hour in. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, yeah you're into it. Yeah. So, so you've seen a good chunk of it. Yeah. But that, I mean, the showing it's the crazy. statistics, the rising rates, the how everything is affecting everything, and you see it right exactly on that bell curve when social media became a thing. Yeah. And it's not to say that it's yeah. not a bad thing, but what I found interesting is that they're most of their people that they were interviewing, their willingness to admit yeah. to their, hey, we really let something, a genie out of the bottle here, and we didn't know yeah. what it could do, and now we're seeing this. And that's, I couldn't imagine being the creator of a device like that mm-hmm. that causes suicide, that causes, know. you know, these pandemics to have, uh, you know, you take, you take the global media... And then because of social media, that gets spread. And this social media animal is, is so much more than just a, a small little platform to yeah. give likes to. Now it's this thing that shares everything, that that reads everything. Everybody, sorry, everybody reads everything on it. And that's just automatic truth, whether it's, whether it's yeah. positive or negative. And it's terrifying, for, quite frankly. Yeah, it is. And, and the thing that, that I, you know, that I've, took from that movie too or what I've seen of it is that like how deliberate everything is right everything that's going on in the background that we don't know about that we don't understand that we we have no idea that they're tapping into all that information that tripped me right out yeah it's like this there's like a conspiracy going on you know and it's everything's deliberate that's happening on your phone which is really scary I that is the 
I think everybody knows that, but it's the most terrifying part is when you when you've been talking about something yeah. to somebody, and when that's been happening, you all of a sudden the next couple of days look down, and mm-hmm. your phone. Your phone is giving you ads for something that you've just spoken about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that freaks me out on a yeah. level I can't. Like recently I went yeah. with, uh, I wanted to get a pair of Doc Martin boots. Mm-hmm. Okay. I haven't talked. Did you get the white ones? I didn't because I, I, will, dest- I will, I'll will destroy <laughs> them. I'll wear them one time, one time only, yeah. and they will be absolute garbage <laughs> because it's white. And the mm-hmm. thought of having white in a four-year-old mixed mm-hmm. with living in Vancouver and the constant yeah. rain and mud just feels like a disaster yeah. waiting to happen. Um, although they do have that spray nowadays mm. that you can, it's like a... It's like a it protects it, and then the water, yeah. everything just beads right off of it. Have yeah. you ever seen those yeah. shoe commercials for it? Yeah. Have you ever thought of spraying your stuff with that as an add-on? No, I didn't actually. It's a good idea. Well, I don't know if it's a good idea, but I know it's an idea. Yeah, it could be explored. Yeah. It could be horrible for shoes, but <laughs> I'm just saying, could yeah. Hey, especially living in. Well, I mean, I guess if you're making a sandal, if you're living in Vancouver, mm. I get it. You're you you know you have that the rain all the time, but if, I guess if you're building a sandal, you're knowing you're going to go on the beach with it. So maybe, but hey, maybe it would last and help the longevity of the materials. Well, yes, because most of it is, it's all waterproof and very durable, but you never know, maybe for slippers, I don't know. Oh. We're doing a lot of slipper, Mm. slippers these days, but. Um, Well, yeah, slippers are interesting though, because I want to talk about that. You went from wanting to do a shoe Mm. for an outdoor purpose of, like you said, for that everyday girl. Um, What made you... What's the branch? What what happened there? So slippers. Like I, I get it. It's a. Sh- I, I get. Yes. it. I mean, it, I'm not. But I'm saying what no, made the definitely slipper definitely a departure. Like you know, not a lot of flip flop brands do slippers. Um, but but what happened was COVID hit, and you know, all of a sudden, um, everything changed. And we were COVID hit going into March, which is my busiest shipping season. So March, April, May is when I ship eighty percent of my my entire year. Wow, that's a lot of product at one time. Yeah, that's a lot. It is. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's, that's the problem with being semi-seasonal, which my product has always been very summery. So anyway, it, everything just made me think, look, okay, I've got a big issue here because we're going to have nothing coming in for three months. What, what can I build right away that people mm-hmm. will buy that, mm-hmm. that I can immediately generate sales, um, in the next, you know, six months so I can actually survive, can survive this year. Yeah. And, um, at first I thought slides because we were already doing slides. So I thought let's, let's really pump up our slides right now. Like do a lot of advertising, marketing, try and sell them online. And, um, and that, and then that was working. And then I thought, okay, well, what else can I do? And the slipper thing came to mind. I thought, oh my God, everyone's at home and you know, everyone wants to buy things cause they're, they're bored, but they're not going anywhere. So yeah. And that's why loungewear, obviously Lululemon, all those brands just took off. Well, how know? can, how can you not, when you're, you're being told you're locked down somewhere, mm. nobody's going to want to go out and wear a 300 pair of jeans, $300 yeah. pair of jeans in the house where you're wearing a, like a Gucci sweater. Like it's just not, I yeah. mean, some Shit's Creek they did, and I wish I could be as incredible, but you know that's not reality for people. So I, I mean, I get, I get why I, I, I can get yeah. the, the loungewear, but I didn't slippers. So slippers, you know, I'm I am personally not a slipper person. I don't I don't ever wear slippers. I'm in okay. bare feet. Like I don't yeah. I don't need to put my feet in slippers. But but I feel like this is a different time. It's so different, and people are you know they're just they're at home and they want to shop. And so anyway. 
thought, let's do like the cutest, fluffiest, fun slipper, make it like memory foam, really comfy. And we did it. It was crazy. I I had like two weeks to sell it, like in order to get the order in on time so it would be here for Christmas. Mm -hmm. So designed this one style, uh, did it in six colors. Um, Our sales reps were given a, a... photograph like no sample and we had two weeks and we sold a ton of slippers what's it what's a ton look like what's a ton uh i don't know if i should really say you don't need to give, like, give me a ballpark are we over like um, twenty thousand? no not over twenty thousand, but um but like thousands yeah if you're close if you're doing thousands in any sort of product and any sort of skew that's that's fantastic yeah thousands and thousands of slippers in just two weeks which yeah was, that's insane yeah, it was crazy. So it, I wonder, I mean, it seems like you could pretty much put out any product uh, that is in your, that's under your brand mm-hmm. because it, people have grown to learn and trust the quality of everything you do. Mm. Did you find that your online really took off yes. during this time? Oh my God, yeah. What do yeah. you attribute that to besides, besides COVID and being on, you know, being online and being at home and doing all that shopping, but uh, did you use any different type of tactics? Well, we switched to Shopify. So yeah, Shopify. Yeah, Shopify is amazing. I told you yes. that's what we use. It's I know. Great. And I was when you and I met. Actually, I, we were thinking and we, that, you were talking about yeah. expanding to online. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were really you were having that. Yeah. You know, I don't I want to do it. It's going to be yeah. you know, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of coding. It's it's worth it, man. You got to do. You got to have a good site. Yeah. And I went on yours like immediately. I remember meeting you, going back to my booth, going online, looking at your site, and going, "Oh my god!" Like your site is so good. Well, thank you. It's I awesome. have done none of it. I take zero credit. <laughs> I take absolutely, I've got no knowledge of how that thing was created. There's something called Pretty, coding yeah. that happens. Uh, and then people with cameras yeah. involve yes. themselves and make it yes. look pretty. And then I have somebody else put it all together. I don't take credit for any, any no. Yeah, well, it, it's amazing. It's Thank great, you. Well, it's, 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 it's one of those things I feel like people don't quite realize it's you have to constantly be mm-hmm. improving it totally and tweaking it and yeah. looking at what works for people yep. and it, what makes them click what makes them not how many clicks does it take to get to a, a product to a checkout and I think yes. people don't realize the the difference the difference between that if you can't get somebody from your product page to your checkout you're wasting mm-hmm. you're wasting your time if that takes more than two clicks don't bother yeah because you're not going to get the conversion you're just not and if you do it's because you're you know you you're somebody selling something that's yeah. already got an audience of some ridiculous number. Yeah. And, and that's okay. That's great. I, I, I spoke about that on a podcast uh, yesterday about uh, I was watching on Netflix the Letterman interviews that he did with Kim, uh, Kim Kardashian. Yeah. And when she was talking about posting and like how much a post from her cost. Yeah. And that just blew my mind. And it was yeah. shocking to me. And it's like the, she just released a new line uh, I don't know what it was for. It was skins, like skins, yeah. skims. But it was a, um, it was a lounge. Was it the loungewear that she just added? She added something, or one mm. one of the girls added something, and she said it sold out. They did like millions of dollars the yeah. first second it went out. That's insane. I know that's celebrity for you. Well, yeah, for sure. But can you imagine being able to just launch any product, no, no matter what it may be? Well, I'm sure there'd be stuff people that are fans of them wouldn't buy, but. Yeah. Realistically. It's, it's crazy. It's so crazy. But it's impressive. I, yeah. It's like, I mean, you know, that's, I don't know, that's so much luck, um, but not yeah. luck, but like I said, celebrity. But I, I, I think I 
I don't want to branch into too many things. Like I feel like what the other thing I've learned, and we were talking about this earlier, is that mm -hmm. really, um, you know, if you if you can really figure it out what what the whatever it is your your customer wants, if you can figure out what they want then all you need is that one thing like mm -hmm. and you make it simple like we we all make everything so complicated you know oh, oh yeah we overcomplicate every every interaction yeah. every situation every 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 point we meet a customer yeah. it's, it's all overcomplicated it doesn't yeah. need to be this damn difficult everything could be so much simpler streamline yeah mm -hmm. and that's and i did that this year too you know the one slipper in six colors and then for spring our next season i did the same thing we really narrowed it down like figured out what like exactly what you want did a lot of pre like previews, the pre books yeah. and stuff. Yeah, seeing seeing people ahead of time, major accounts, and um, yeah, I think that's just been like the the big takeaway for me this year. What it what it you you told me something earlier, and I we can we can talk about it or not. And I I, I thought it was interesting. Um, you you took a different approach during COVID. You couldn't mm. do trade shows, and mm -hmm. I, and I think people don't understand the the level of impact that'll have on mm -hmm. um, on a fashion brand if you're not actually able to go to a trade show or be in touch with the reps or able to get them samples and I yeah. I was really happy to hear what you did and you kind of took you know the bull by the horns figured out a different situation and you were able to move forward with it do you mind talking a little bit about yeah, the strategy yeah you don't have to say exactly what you did but I mean the innovation and the thought process that went behind it yeah absolutely so. Obviously, like, and, and again, people that haven't been to trade shows, like, you know, you and I know, Ooh. they're like crazy expensive. 7,000 booths at the Mandalay Bay. Yeah. The convention centers that are multi-level. There's everybody from Louis Vuitton to Gucci to Timberland with massive shipping container yeah. displays. These guys are spending quite literally hundreds of thousands on yeah. booth space alone. Yeah. Yeah, these custom build-out booths. And then there's, you know, a brand like mine that's really a, a new small company. So you're competing with these, like, insane booths. Um, you're spending tons of money. You're, you're, you're away a lot. You're traveling. Yeah. You know, you're exhausted. It's like, it, it's the whole process is, like, it's big, you know? Yes. <laughs> but, but like you said, it's crucial because you have to be there. You have to be seen. Yeah. You have to, your, your customer has to touch and feel your product, at least for mine they do. They have to try it on. You know, they, they want to really feel how it is to walk in it. So when... Well, it's a shoe. Nobody's yeah. going to... I mean, you can exactly. buy them online. I get that. For yours, it's a lot easier to buy online than mm -hmm. say if you're buying a running shoe. Yeah, I think that's where you've really you've really stayed smart. You like you said, not going too far yeah. out and really giving yourself more more problems than you need. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Mandalay, did you ever do? So you did Mandalay. Mm -hmm. You did Magic. Yeah. Yep. Oh my yep. gosh, what was that like for you? Uh, well, we would do Platform, which is beside Magic, and Platform is like the shoe part of Magic. So it's just all shoes. Yeah. Um, is that the one that's in the convention, Mandalay convention? It's not in the L, it's not in the Vegas convention. No, it's in the Vegas one. Oh, it is in the Vegas yeah, one. It's in it's in the Vegas one. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So so we would do that one. Um, Magic is now right beside it in the convention center. At least the last time I was there, they were. But anyway, it's um. I, I mean, I love trade shows. I've always loved trade shows because I like being. I like talking to people and like you being like there. people. I do. I, I love people. Actually. I know you're a people person. Yes. That's not a bad thing. I'm not. I, I don't say people. that in a. I don't say that in a negative <laughs> way. I, we're not all bad. We're not all people. People. That's okay. It's no, okay. I, so I. I always liked it. That show was fun because you know Vegas is fun and. Um, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Magic is a, it's yeah. a, magic it's isn't just a show. Mm -hmm. Magic is a week. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Like 
I don't know how many convention centers now, like the size of convention centers, because you've got you've got three or four hotels now. Like it's thousands and thousands of companies. It's crazy. What do you got? You got sourcing. Yeah. You got um, you got like you said, you got individual platforms. You got mm-hmm. platform. You've got uh, what's that other one? You you've got agen- pool. Yeah, you got pool. You've got Cabana. You've got Agenda. You've got what um, is Agenda? It's just another show. I don't okay, know. Okay, cool. like, like what? You know, just there, there's so many shows. There's Curve. Curve is part of that, the lingerie Ooh. part. Oh, they added that? When did they add that? Uh, or has that always been there? And I, just, I think it's always been there. It's like on the second floor. It's really, you don't. Oh, okay. You would never go there. You would there. never go up there unless no. you, you're going to buy specifically for that. Yeah. Um, there's more. Like there's, I'm forgetting some. I know. There's another one that's, uh, there's Coterie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's Intermezzo. Because mm-hmm. that's a, this was, so that's my deal. Intermezzo. Yeah. In New York at the, um, what's that building? Oh, my God. Oh, the Javits the Center. Oh, Javits yeah. Center. The Javits Center there. There is, um, you've got Intermezzo, you got Coterie, you've got, mm-hmm. and then there's like two or three other ones there alone. And then yeah. you've got those multiple times a year. Mm-hmm. For for us brands, yeah. we need to be at a majority of different types because we fall into the fashion yes. category. We fall into the totally. gift and home category. We fall into, what else would we fall into? Um, yeah, I I can fall into anything. Well, yeah, your shoes. Spa, like we so, did oh spa my gosh. shows. That's a spa trade. Okay, Nicole from Caspa told mm-hmm. me about that. She was yeah, we're at a spa trade show yeah. in Vegas and I think I was there, I was there for one of our shows a couple days before or after that, and I said, I had no idea there was such thing as a spa trade show. Oh. She goes, oh, yeah, there's... There's so many. It's a, But, well, like, it's, what does that consist of? It's a huge growing business, right? Health and wellness is so massive. The, that industry is very healthy, like, in so many ways. <laughs> like, literally, they are healthy. Fun intended. <laughs> but, but they, they, you know, people are investing in their health and wellness now. So people are going and getting treatments, and they're going to yoga, and they're going to hotels for these retreats. And so yeah. so that industry is growing, and their, their retail part is growing. But it's like all those machines, like the lasering and the Fraxel and, um, you know, anything to do with a spa. Uh, It'll take off. Like all the lotions and uh, Mm -hmm. lotions, treatments, um, electronics supporting those treatments. And now retail, which is robes, swimwear, clothing, jewelry. Jewelry. I know. We're starting to fall. So we fall into that. And I... And I, I bring up Nicole because she's one of our um, Casba here in British Columbia is one of our longtime customers. We've we, we've been selling to her now. Oh my gosh, Nicole! I want to say almost three years, and she's had that spa for like twelve, like very successful, very yeah. large, and it's grown over time. And it's it's that type of space where you walk in and you know you're going to get not only good treatments, but you're also going to get really good products and mm. she bought from us for the first time uh, I remember and it sold out so well because she cared about what she brought in mm-hmm. and I find that you, you see that in that health and wellness space you see the spas and those yeah. places caring about more more about what they bring in because a lot of their products are very much uh, not internal but they yeah, they're absorb aligned. yeah they're aligned but they also absorb into the skin so they got to be very careful what they mm. buy mm-hmm. you know hypoallergenic the best top skin products if you're yeah. going to go to any spa that's worth its salt you're going to see they're going to have the top products but they're also going to have the top shoes and the top robes and the top mm-hmm. loungewear and the mm-hmm. top and and so Casbah is really great for that, and that's yeah. where we saw it was one of our well, it is one of our best accounts because yeah. spas do incredibly well. Yeah, they do. I think people are willing to spend more money when they're relaxed. Yeah, I think there's something to that. Yeah. I think retailers need to think about that. Yeah, I mean that's me. Personally. It's so true. 
So anyway, getting back to like the whole thing about the what we did in terms yeah. of not the trade shows. So so here we had uh, no opportunity for trade shows this this summer. No chance. They tried the virtual one. Yeah, that, that's like we have a website. It's yeah. I you know I I actually feel really bad for that whole industry because think of how many you know there's so many people in that industry. But anyway, there so, is yes. So the spa, so the trade shows were um, canceled, and I thought, okay, you know, everybody's doing videos. Everyone's going to do a virtual appointment, which we did, which is crucial. But I, I need my customers to try the product on and wear it and feel it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so we looked at the budget we were spending on trade shows and thought, like, let's take like a third or a quarter of that. Even mm-hmm. it's still a big number, but let's put these amazing gift boxes together. We'll put four of our new styles for the season and a like a a little postcard with a QR code with the catalog. And um, Mm -hmm. so we did that and we we didn't tell anyone too. It was a surprise. See, that's what makes it that much better Mm -hmm. is because you're not, you're not, they're not expecting it. Yeah. They don't know what's coming and it shows a different type of effort. Yeah, exactly. And they loved it. You know, we we, we would find out when it was going to ship and deliver and then we would call them the next day. And um, that translated into so many sales for us. Because it was unique and um, it was it was expensive. It wasn't a cheap thing to do, and people appreciated it. You know? Yeah, and in the grand scheme, like you said, it was only a portion of what you would have spent exactly. on going to you know New York and going to Vegas and you Miami and mm-hmm. my yeah. gosh Miami. That's one that we 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 talked. I need to be that's going right, to the whole swim show. I know, and yeah. that's the thing. I always thought mm-hmm. that jewelry was this had to be in this market. Um, with the clothing, like mm-hmm. it was the accessory to yeah. what you're wearing. But really, in my opinion, now, as I've kind of started to develop uh, into this this business and start to see and get to know and grow and learn. And I mean, I know I know I know a drop in the, you know, the proverbial ocean of what it takes in this fashion industry to be, you know, the next, uh, mm, you know, who's who's a, who's a great example. Uh, Kendra. Kendra Scott is that Kendra Scott Jewelry? She's massive. Mm. She's like a billion dollar company. Yeah. yeah. Um, you got Alex Nanny, although they're not quite as much as they were. Mm-hmm. But to be a hitter in this industry, I I know it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot of learning. It's gonna take a lot mm-hmm. of time. It's gonna take a lot of education. And that, like I said, that goes back to being patient. And that's like yeah. a super super <laughs> struggle. Like like <laughs> super struggle. But I I I'm. I'm glad that you were able to find a unique way around it, especially during COVID. Yeah. People don't often think that they can make it through hard times until hard times are thrown at them. Mm -hmm. Did you find during COVID your mental health took a hit? Um, Yeah, I would say for me, it was that I have three teenagers and, um, and I'm a single mom. So, so that's, you know, no big deal on its own. Really, really challenging. Yeah, mm-hmm. really challenging. And they were with you the whole time? Yeah. Okay, so and how I, old are we talking? Uh, so 14, 16, and 18. All girls? No, two girls and a boy. Oh, dear. Yeah. So um, so that was hard because the first month was amazing. I remember being like, it was like the best family time we've ever had. It's like a holiday. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, we get a forced break. It's great. Why not? You know, we were cooking dinners every night and doing yoga, and it was super fun. Yeah. Uh, but then it just got, you know what, the hardest part was was keeping keeping them um, obeying the rules and not, you know, going out and being in people's cars and like, and being with their friends. Like they, you know, Mm -hmm. these kids, not just mine, but like in our community, 
everyone was sneaking out. You know, they were they were gathering everywhere they could mm-hmm. because they they missed it. You know, I don't, I don't blame them. I mean, I can't imagine how hard that was for them. Well, I I wonder if we're going to fully understand the damage it's done to yeah. this adolescent age being in this environment, being being thrust into this what I would consider a bit of a traumatic situation yeah. on a global scale and being forced yeah. being forced to have to cope with that, whether or not they had the tools or not. I mm-hmm. think that's why we're seeing a increase in suicide. Mm-hmm. I think that's why we're seeing an increase in child abuse. Yeah. And you are also seeing a massive increase in divorces. Mm-hmm. People aren't meant to be locked away like that. People yeah. aren't meant to not have that social structure and it shows and it's yeah. showing and it's yeah. showing... It's rearing its head not only because of COVID, but it's rearing its head also due to the way that we communicate uh, on social media. It's mm-hmm. how we communicate and the lack of interpersonal communication. Sitting here and having a conversation with one another is something that some people can't do anymore. Yeah, They cannot physically sit with you, look you in the eye, and talk to you about something. Mm-hmm. Unless they have their phones in their hands, they feel some type of anxiety about it. Um, yeah. That's All, troubling. Like like all those points are really tragic and and like that you know that it's i know government is you know they're enforcing rules for a reason but really the consequences and the repercussions of what's been going on and the restrictions is you know we really have to look at this why is nobody looking at it like well now they are but it's because it's gone too far Mm -hmm. it's because Mm -hmm. it's we're now gathering all of this data saying Oh my God, the suicide! I don't have the, I don't have the statistic. I should have it. I should have it offhand, um, but I know it's up. It's up over fifty. I'm mm-hmm. almost. I, mm-hmm. I want to say it's up over fifty percent because there was a study that came out uh, within that social uh, dilemma, and then I went back and I was looking at it online because I said this can't be right yeah. to see a jump in that short period of spot, like the six months period. Yeah. There has been more suicide in that time than in a whole calendar year. The demographic that's killing themselves, the age group that's killing mm-hmm. themselves, is is has gone down. Mm-hmm. You hear about eleven year olds, you know these these tragic things happening because of bullying. But now you're you're bullying while leaving them to their own devices in their home, being forced to stay there and not have their what would be considered maybe peer to peer support yeah. or that family support because maybe their parent is struggling on their own, trying to manage these kids, having no one to take a break off of with these kids and having no one to help them. While now they're being thrust into virtual learning, mm-hmm. now they're being mm-hmm. thrust into having to be a teacher while running or running a company. Mm-hmm. I tried to do that with one kid. Yeah. I I know. No. 3? No. It, I know. The whole thing was just really hard, right? You cuz you're you're supervising, you're teaching, you're I mean there's so many things. So that was yeah, that was really really tough and my oldest was in her grad year of high school so that oh, was Oh no, that so was that sad. was that. Mm-hmm. And now she's, you know, she's gone to Ryerson University in Toronto and she's in her dorm room doing online studies. So she's not she never got the grad she should have and now she's not getting the first year she should have. So She's in Toronto, so that's pretty locked down. Ontario's mm-hmm. yeah, really really yeah. strict on on all of that. I'd yeah. like to uh, I'd like to think that BC, I mean BC's not not as strict. I don't know, obviously, the case levels. I can't speak to it. I don't know very much. But what I do know, and I will say here, and I think it's important to acknowledge, is we do have a situation at the border uh, in Canada against uh, up against Washington mm-hmm. where um, you can go as a Canadian and an American and go meet at that mm-hmm. point at Peace Portal Park and hang out yeah. without a mask. 
intermingle, chill in a tent. Nobody can see you. Get back out and go your separate ways without quarantining. Mm-hmm. But if I need to go down to do an interview mm-hmm. or go down to check up on something for business, I can't do it without yeah. a 14-day quarantine. But we can close businesses, but you're going to allow that. And the mm-hmm. reason I bring it up is because I live right there. Mm, so you're seeing it. Every single yeah. day. It is so frustrating yeah. to go for a walk and see, I'm not exaggerating, 30 tents, crowds, um, oh, hammocks. What? Merit weddings, weddings happening. Um, <laughs> that is crazy. Here's what's fun. All you have to do is, did I, I think I did this on the last one. You go, I'll do it again. Huh. You, you jump, uh, you jump over. I, you weren't, you guys weren't here for that podcast. I just did a podcast with the yeah. vet pivot podcast and they, they were asking me about our, our borders. And I said, you mean the, the ditch that I go, huh? Over because oh it's God. a ditch, yeah. And then there's border car, like the car border, which is you know, show me. But this is a ditch. Okay, that's funny. Okay, and there's an RCMP officer that'll sit there, but they can't actually cross that ditch because it's considered American property. Mm. But there's this weird loophole going on, and they can just leave. And so there's these people, for lack of a better word hanging out, going back and forth, and then driving their cars up and down. I sound like a nine-year-old woman, but I have a four-year-old on a mm-hmm. bike. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and garbage. Every, I'm just, I'm not, I'm such an old person, but I... I know, I know, it's concerning. Like, that's, yeah. I hate crazy. hypocrisy. Yeah. I hate hypocrisy. And when somebody says that I have to, or one of my retailers who is a single parent who is running a store and has three kids in Kelowna mm-hmm. is working her ass off. And that's one of my retailers has to be forcibly closed and could, you know, she luckily made it through, but so many other retailers that you and I know mm-hmm. are never coming back from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they put their mortgage on the line. They put their house on the line for the, to have something that they could own and mm-hmm. grow. Mm-hmm. And then they're being forcibly shut down for safety reasons. But then, mm-hmm. We just allow everything else to go. So I feel like this is just a weird time. I feel like it's it's a yeah. lack of a better. It's it's a mind fuck for a lot of people. It's it's messing with a lot of people's mental health that maybe would never have struggled with mental health. Totally. It's it's a terrifying thing to go through, but I I do believe there's a positive on the other side. Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that people will start caring about their health. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that people will start paying more attention to what they buy and why they buy it mm-hmm. and less fast fashion and more quality product. Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that that will help our industry to start care more about, start caring more about just the fashion industry and start caring about people around the fashion industry and hopefully seeing their brands start to have a philanthropic side. Me personally, mm-hmm. that was my choice. Mm-hmm. I wanted that from the start. You know, I can't even say the word philanthropy properly, but the philanthropic side of my business is the reason I started my business. Yeah. It's such a good story too, by the way. It's like the best, uh, it's the best story I've ever heard. I think like it's so <laughs> I think that's an exaggeration, but it's a story. It's, well, a, it's one the, of a many. And, and the best, like, it's the best give back. It's the best cause, brand cause story. I on, And I'm being serious on that. Well, I, I appreciate that. It's because it's, you know, you're so authentic and the story is incredible. And the, the, the cause is so 
it's just so perfect. It's, yeah, well, it's I appreciate great. that. It's it's built out of a cause, uh, a need, because of just the l- sheer lack of give a shit factor by the governments not looking after the forces when they come mm. back. And so it was. It just felt like an automatic no brainer to me, and the fact that it wasn't being done at all in a way that was sustainable. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't sustain a charity by just always asking for money. Mm-hmm. It's not going to yeah. work that way. Yeah. And so that was my, you know, my thought in that, in that process. But that's why I, I, I kind of bring, like I said, there's, a, there's positive that have come out of this. Um, you have actually grown your business during mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, you have brought, you, you know, you have brought awareness to your brand in a way that you might not have before. And mm-hmm. you have been thrown adversity during COVID and thrived through that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where people need to see more of a positive on the other end. They're mm-hmm. not seeing enough of that. Yeah. The mainstream media is feeding, feeding the fear and feeding that yeah. people aren't surviving through this. They're not going to make it, but really you can make it. Mm-hmm. You've got to want to make it and you got to want to put the work in and find the loopholes and find the ways around and find the grants and all of these things. Mm-hmm. You can make it through mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so glad that you have and are continuing to thrive with that. Yeah. Thanks. Me too. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm sure you are. I'm, I'm you're right. I know. I made it. Well, I would even say made it. Yeah. We're not even through it. It feels like it's yeah. ending, but I, Here's why I feel like it feels like it's ending. It's because the election is next week. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. for the Canadian listeners, you know I'm not talking about ours because I think we just had one. Mm. You notice how I say, I think we just had one? <laughs> you follow more American politics? I do not understand. I'm a horrible Canadian when it comes to that. I, I know I'm not a fan of some people, and uh, I have my reasoning for them, you know, because mm. sometimes they just don't have any more to give. Mm. But not that we charity. <laughs> so I have I take I take major issue with that because yeah. it affects our veteran community and when I find out that 10 million dollars was taken out of the veteran fund to pay a terrorist mm-hmm. because his human rights were violated by not reading him the the whole spiel that we give to everybody you know I take a lot of issue with that mm-hmm. uh so I shouldn't be allowed to have an opinion because I don't understand our politics. I only only thing I understood when I was uh, when I was in the military was we had Harper. Harper mm-hmm. gave us new guns. <laughs> High five. <laughs> We're friends. Let's do it. He bought us new M triple sevens. That's it. That's all I needed. But then when I got home, I learned really quickly that that's not cool, man. Because you mm. don't do the work on the other side. You'll give us the mm. cool, fun tools. And when I say give, I mean you'll give the minimum amount that you're allowed to give in hopes that if it breaks, you'll figure out it with duct tape because they're not going to replace it. Like, so when I say we got stuff, I mean, we didn't get a lot of stuff. The Americans had an abundance of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but, what, but what I mean is I don't really, I can't really have a say, but for lack of not giving a fuck, I, 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 I think our, our politics are less than dull because of the way that they market it in our country, mm-hmm. and maybe that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it keeps it from being politicized the way Trump has been politicized and the way that it's been this whole fear-mongering and this attention-grabbing right. and this clickbait. So maybe it's a good thing, yeah. and maybe I just need to learn to read more. Well, but. I think uh, one thing I think we're really lucky about, though, is like that we have had, we've had a lot of great support like for small businesses, right? Our, our government yeah. has been great, and 
Um, one of the things that I do in my spare time is I'm on the board for Small Business BC. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so oh. I, I started that role, um, I think it was like a year and a half ago, maybe. Um, but Felt like taking on more? Yeah, just, you know. Three kids, work, single mom business, on, let's you know, just keep it. More, okay. you know, more charity work. And, okay. You know. But um, but I I do feel really strongly about about entrepreneurs. I you know love entrepreneurs. I, I know love you do supporting entrepreneurs, and um, I love the story. And I feel like we we as a province, believe it or not, ninety eight percent of our businesses are small businesses in BC. Oh, it doesn't shock me when I think like, about British Columbia. I I, I picture uh, this outfit. And a toque wearing hippie. Like I, I picture it just being small business led yeah. because it's the type of community that it's been created in this environment. Yeah. I don't picture Toronto that way. Yeah, right? we are. We yeah. are, there are more entrepreneurs in BC than any other province. Like we are, we're an entrepreneurial province, and I, I'm so proud of that. And anyway, what I was getting at was that we, we've not only has the government been great, like in terms of of offering support, but, um, but there's all these resources like small business BC is a nonprofit, but they have been so amazing at, at stepping in and like, you know, offering as mentorship and coaching and seminars, even through all, you know, re revamping it so they can do it virtually. virtually. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just think they've done a great job trying to help, help businesses like ours, you know? Yeah. They have in, um, Another one we were actually talking about earlier was the the the, the founder. Uh, no, my gosh, I'm going to mess this up. The founder for the, the entrepreneurial oh, founders. Help me here. You know which, which one we were talking about? The forum for women's oh, entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yes, there yes, it is. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> FWE. Yeah. I'll get it. Give it a second. That's yeah, fine. That's another great organization. Yeah, right? and amazing. It, they're doing a ton of mentorship. Yeah. They do, you know, they do pitch for the purse. They do the mentorship programs mm -hmm. and they, they work really hard to, especially with women in entrepreneurship, yeah. they, they work really hard to help them and guide them. Because like you said, you, how would you have known, you know, bringing mm -hmm. this back to where we were, but like, how would yeah. you have known how to do this if you yeah. weren't already working in the fashion industry? Yes, exactly. That yeah. was your foot in and that's how you started. And that's kind of where you went with it. And it mm -hmm. took you on this different path that you might not have necessarily taken. Yeah. But I do know, and I, I do know it's been very well laid out for you. You're, you're killing it. You're, you're Aww, killing you. Well, no, but you are. You are absolutely killing it. You are becoming a household name mm. even more so than you were when I met you, which was over well, over a year ago now? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Well, it was, I want to say it was oh, longer. It was, well, it was 2019, right? right? Was it? I want to say it was February 2019 for some reason. I was in Chicago. I was in Chicago at Style Max. It was cold. Was it, was it the cold time? It was cold. Because we were complaining. Yeah. It was cold. It was oh, cold. Oh, yeah, it was freezing and windy. Because we, we flew home the same time that day. Yeah. Yeah, we were on the same flight. I That's right. I remember I didn't have I didn't have warm enough clothing walking up that street. It was like, a you know, the wind tunnel to get there. Yeah. It yeah. felt like uh, Ontario weather. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, was painful. It was cold. Yeah, yeah, that's why I just stay. <laughs> We're like, we fly there. We go for a couple days, go immediately back. Yeah. I was always getting that airport was the worst during uh, Style Max because it was always delayed. Yeah. yeah January, oh, February, you can guarantee that you're going to sit in yeah. a lounge. So mm -hmm. you might as well go get a lounge card, pay mm -hmm. for it to go into the special yeah. lounge, eat the good food in the quiet time, oh, yeah. and then go get on that plane. Yeah. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. I, I stopped. I stopped. I just stopped because I, I had such anxiety. I had such paranoia sitting out in the middle of the airport with mm. everyone I could not I could not stop looking around that that's part of my PTSD is one mm. of the things for me is I'm paranoid I'm mm. not paranoid in like a she's weirdly paranoid <laughs> kind of way I'm paranoid in the way in like 
you doing with your hands in your pocket? <laughs> that kind of paranoia. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and all that created for me was just this built up anxiety. And by the time I would land from a flight, I would be so tense and just so tight and my shoulders yeah. would be up to my ears. And it got to a point where I couldn't comfortably be in an airport any longer. And so I said, I got to, I'm, yeah, the I'm, lounge is a good place to go. I'm going to make that happen. And yeah. uh, so I, I started doing that. And yeah. what a difference. Yeah. Traveling after that, just being able to mm-hmm. go up somewhere else and seclude myself where I could sit with my back, both yeah. walls, so I could see everybody in front of me and no one could get behind me and mm-hmm. nobody's coming out that way and I know where the exit is. Mm-hmm. And if it, trust me, you that may not resonate to you, but if any like of the... the wine, the, the wine and the cheese Oh, and the wine and the cheese and the crackers. <laughs> and it's in abundance and it's free. Yeah. And they don't care if you take the bottle and the water <laughs> bottle before you get on the plane and you do this. They I don't. I was the only one that did that. No, I do that. Everybody does that. Don't get that twisted. If you're going to pay that amount of money to have one of those passes to be in that damn lounge. Yeah. Oh my God, it's an ex- just an exorbitant <laughs> amount of money unnecessarily. And then you got to be taking that airline's plane. Mm. And if you're not, doesn't count. You're not yep. flying with us this time? Yep. Back of the bus. <laughs> like, well, I just paid 600 <laughs> They'll straight up kick you out. I know. They will not let you in. They will yell at you. I know. I've been yelled at. Yeah. Yeah. I've I, been denied too. I had a Connect flight. Yeah. It was funny because I had an Air Canada Connect flight. So I went into the lounge for Air Canada. Then I went to get on my Connect my connect point because I had a layover there. But my that next flight was like a US Delta connecting with like Air uh-huh. Canada kind of thing. And I went to go and they're like, no. And I'm like, I'm sorry? <laughs> like, no, no, no. I said, I just got off an Air Canada flight, but you're not going back on another one. Oh, geez. Technicalities. These are like- but how dare you think you can get back in our lounge? You are not flying with us. You're offensive. <laughs> so like I literally just bought the ticket through Air Canada. I didn't know there was a connection and mm. didn't know that I was going Delta or I wouldn't have gone. Delta scares me sometimes. Yeah, I can imagine you would have put up a good fight too. Well, I just walk away. Well, <laughs> no, you probably stated your case a few times. I, no, I didn't do that or call the manager. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a Doesn't Karen. Sound remotely like you. I was a full Karen. <laughs> I Karened out the first time so hard. I was so tired. I was so over it. I just wanted to get home. Mm. I'd been stuck in the Chicago airport. I. They brought the Karen out in me. I didn't bring the Karen out in me. I, that wasn't where I was going. I would have walked away nicely if I was fed, not hangry and well-rested. At the time, no, I was not. Yeah. And I don't blame myself for that. You don't know me hangry. It's violent and it's terrifying. So I, you know, I get it. I was a Karen. I'll take full responsibility for being that. I apologize to that person yeah. afterwards. I did because I was like, that wasn't very nice. Yeah, that's a t- that is a tough airport, though. It is like everything going in there, and you it's, always end up stuck. Yeah, exactly, and w- yeah. especially in the winter. So, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the trade show life is one of those lives that I'm kind of glad that we didn't have to do this year. Mm. Uh, yeah, me too. I think everyone is. I got to be home. I got to be yeah, home. Like I think everyone was happy about that change. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I got to be home and take my son to preschool like I wanted to do for the first yes. time, and that was a big part of it. Getting to have that family time, I, I used it as much as I could during COVID to just kind of take that edge off and, okay, at least I have my yeah. family and they're healthy. At least I have my family and they're healthy. So, I, you know, look, I, I'm beyond grateful. Uh, I've always wanted to have a long-form conversa- conversation with you. I think you're an entrepreneur, uh, the definition of one. I think you are a definition of a hardworking single mom that takes no shit and that should be acknowledged 
And that is no that is no small feat on its own. Raising one was enough. Uh, you went for the, the triple banger. I don't understand. To each his own. But you've been able to do it in grace and in style and create Thank a product you. that is long-lasting, that will be lasting, and that's going to be around. It's it's seriously, they're great. Your shoes are great. And I, you, they're great. Thank it, you. I so appreciate that and hearing that and... Uh, yeah, and likewise, you know, um, you know, we we talked about this. It was just a great. It was like serendipity that we mm-hmm. met in Chicago, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I just remember meeting and and walking away from meeting you, thinking like, I can't believe this. It this person is real. And oh, please! <laughs> looking at your, you know, your um, profile on your webpage, and just you know, the, it's just everything about you is super authentic, right? You're from like you. That's troubling for a lot of people, though. <laughs> That is, that's a concerning factor. They're like, if that's real, we have a problem. Well, it, you know, it's a, it, like you, you personally have this incredible story and you've, you've told it through your brand in such a, an authentic, amazing way with thank you, like, you know, so much style, like your visuals and your, um, the, the branding. And that is really, really hard to do. Like you've thank done you. an amazing job. Well, I'd like to take any sort of credit for that, which I can't, uh, <laughs> fully say it. No, I have the team. I got a team. I got a husband who does design. I got a team of women that keep me fed and on track and selling the product. And I got an incredible film crew and audio guys. I don't do any of this on my yes, own. Yes, but you do have to take the credit. I'm no, no. Tell you, you do have no, to take no. the credit because it comes from, from you. Like this is you that's resonated through this brand. Well, that's what I hope. Yeah. That's what I hope. That's yeah. all I can do is hope that I, I, I set out to do what I've tried to do. And, and, and as long as, you know, it's, I, it still looks like I'm doing that, then, then, then I'm great. Then that's fine. Then I'll continue doing that as long as there's that epidemic of you know, suicides and mental health issues and our homeless population within the veteran mm-hmm. first responder community. You know, I will always, I will always continue to do this. I'll always continue to be vocal and loud and whether or not that's the, the, the way I, people want to look at me, it, if you don't like me, don't listen. I'm trying to do my best to help mm-hmm. others and I'll, can, I'll never apologize for that. Yeah. So I, I just want to say, you know, this has been great. Um, thank you. I was really hoping that you you could come in. And and like I said, you know, everyone, please make sure to check out malvados.com. They have incredible shoes. They have product that is seriously long lasting. And I will totally attest to that. Almost like I'm giving you a warranty statement here already. I'm so sorry for that. Um, She she doesn't swap out. She doesn't just, you can't just say I broke my shoe. No, you got to. You gotta have a good story. Yeah. You have to have a good story around it. But no, um, please check her out. Their their Instagram, their social media. Your shoes are incredible. They are made with serious love and attention to detail. And I am nothing but a huge supporter and massive fan and will always be. So thank you so much, Jen from Malvados, for coming on the Brass and Unity podcast. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. So at the end of this episode, just like every others on the Brass and Unity podcast, we feature a charity that's doing the hard work. And this uh, week's charity feature is True Patriot Love. And they are a military family health and support center that focuses on mental health, physical health, research, and innovation. They are a Canadian charity that helps so many. So please do yourself a favor if you are looking for any sort of resources or people to help out, please do yourself a favor. Go to truepatriotlove.ca and um, see what they can do for you guys there. See you all next week.